the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We can't save people. Now, do you notice that it's not our responsibility to save people? Only the Holy Spirit can save people. Only God can save people. That's not our job, to save people. Our job is to tell them about Jesus Christ, to tell them about salvation. That's our job. That's not just a job, but a privilege, a real talent. This is Study Verse by Verse, Pastor Leighton Sheely. Our pastor here at Church of the Highlands will take us back to our New Year's focus. As we begin the year 2022, it's good to be reminded of who we are and what our foundations are and what our calling is. Let's catch up with Pastor Layden and today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Why should we be concerned that people have the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why should we be concerned? Well, the reason for that is because God is concerned that people have the opportunity to hear the gospel. And whatever God is concerned about, we should be concerned about. The Bible says the Lord is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but wants everyone to come to repentance. Jesus said, go out into the country and urge anyone you find to come in so that my house will be full. You know what? Jesus likes a full house. Jesus likes a full church. And so it says, go out and urge everyone you can find to come on in. Now I ask you, who is Jesus talking to? Is he just talking to church leaders? Is it just the church leaders who are supposed to go out and fill the church? Jesus is talking to all of us. So we ought to take that seriously as a a challenge and a a calling. We ought to be looking for opportunities to tell people, hey, you need to get to church. You need to hear the gospel. You need to be in a church family. You need to, to be ministered to and minister to others because that's the way God designed it to work. Now, how does a church grow? How is a church built up? Well, the Bible tells us under Christ's control... The whole body, a metaphor for the church, is nourished and grows as God wants us to grow. Did you catch that? God wants us to grow. And we grow when we're under Christ's control. When we're under Christ's control, then we receive the nourishment that grows. My kids grow because I feed them. They get nourished. We get nourished when we're under Christ's control. And... uh, Another passage found in Ephesians chapter 4 said, says, God gave some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of ministry so that the body of Christ may be built up, may grow. Now, this is an interesting verse. God gave pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of ministry. Many of us may have been raised in churches where we were taught that ministry 
is only performed by the people with the collar or with the title or with a special education. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that if we're a believer, we're a minister, whether or not we officially have that title. Every believer is a ministry. Every believer has been called to a ministry. Every believer has been equipped by the Holy Spirit for a ministry. Every one of us as believers is a minister. And it's the job of pastors and teachers to equip the people for their ministry. And that's why most of the ministry that's done here at Church of the Highlands is not done by staff, but rather by volunteers. And the staff exists to train and support and equip God's people for their ministry. So every one of us is called to minister. Now, there's a, a passage that many of us, if we've been around church for some time, have been uh, probably memorized. Or we've heard it enough that we can recite it. It's anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And oftentimes we think of that verse in terms of meaning that it doesn't matter how bleak or how black or how dark or how sinful your background is. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. He accepts everyone. And indeed, it does say that, and it does mean that. But it also means so much more if we're to read it in context. So let's read it in context. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But how shall they ask him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Do you see the connection? Ephesians 3.10 says his intent was that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. It's our job to tell people about God, about Jesus Christ, about salvation, about life, about life hereafter. Now, what method can we use for accomplishing this ministry that each and every one of us has been called to? Well, let me propose to you, you might consider using the Paul method, the Apostle Paul's method. What was his method? Well, he described it in 1 Corinthians 9.22. Whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him. So he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. Whatever a person is like, I try to find something in common with him. I try to open communications, dialogue, discussion, conversation communication, because that will allow relationship. And at some point in our relationship, a degree of trust should grow to the point where that person will let me share with them about Jesus. And perhaps when I do that, that person will choose to allow Jesus to save them. They will choose Jesus as their Savior. Now, do you notice that it's not our responsibility to save people? We can't save people. Only the Holy Spirit can save people. Only God can save people. That's not our job, to save people. Our job is to tell them about Jesus Christ, to tell them about salvation. That's our job. And Paul said, if I try to find something in common with somebody so I can talk with them, so I can build a relationship, so I can share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and perhaps they will choose to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's the method that Paul used. Let's try it. Let's use that method.
Now, in the New Testament, the church is described using various metaphors. Um, And the metaphors have a purpose. For instance, the church is called the body of Christ. And the metaphor there has multiple aspects to it. Um, For one thing, our bodies are made up of multiple parts. The left arm, right arm, heart, lungs, eyes, mouth, and so forth. And all of the parts are separate and distinct, yet they all work together as one. And by working together as one, me is able to accomplish something. And different people in the church have different talents and abilities. And by working together, we're able to accomplish what Jesus wants to accomplish. That's what that metaphor is trying to explain to us. And we all know what happens when a part of our body is dysfunctional. It's not working. We're called crippled. We can't do everything that we could do if we were healthy. And oftentimes, people are dysfunctional because they're not doing their part in the body of Christ. And so the church is crippled. And that's one of the things that we learn from that metaphor. Another metaphor that describes the church is as a flock of sheep. This was Jesus' favorite metaphor, and it should not be misunderstood as being a a compliment. Um, Sheep are not not very smart. Uh, they can't run, they can't fight, they can't hide, and when they fall over, they can't get back up again. Uh, it's not a compliment. They've, the, the purpose of that metaphor is to make us make it very clear to us that we depend on the good shepherd, that we depend upon Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, to guide us and provide for us and protect us and everything. Another metaphor that's used is that the church is a family. And this was not a metaphor that was developed by some Madison Avenue uh, spin doctor. This was a metaphor that was introduced by Jesus Christ himself. Let me give you one example of, of where that was. You know, God, the Father, is the creator of the universe. And God, the Father, is the commander in chief of the armies of heaven. So when the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us how to pray, Jesus could have said, follow my example, follow my model, our creator. Or Jesus could have said, our commander in chief. But Jesus said to pray, our father, our father. He is the only perfect father who has ever existed. And Jesus introduced this relationship that we are children of God and that therefore we have brothers and sisters because there are more children of God. And that's why we call each other brother and sister, because we are all part of the family of God. So what kind of family should we be? Well, the Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3.8, you should be like one big happy family. What kind of family? Happy family, right? That's what we should be like. Now, how do we be a happy family? He goes on to explain. You should be like one big happy family, full of sympathy towards each other, and loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. If we treat each other like this, then we're going to be one big happy family. And that's the way we should be. But i got to say, folks, I've been around long enough to know 
that every family is made up of people and every person is dysfunctional. So every family is dysfunctional, just to different degrees and in different areas. And since the church is the family made up of people, guess what? Every church is dysfunctional, just in different degrees and different areas. Which I had somebody tell me one time, Leighton, if you ever find the perfect church, please don't go there. You'll mess the whole thing up. (laughs) So we should be like one big happy family. And we're a happy family with a mission. And it's not a mission that was devised by some pastoral think tank or some elders think tank. It was a mission that was given to us by Jesus Christ to go and preach the gospel. That should be the New Year's resolution of each and every one of us, to go tell of Christ, His glory, His love, and His goodness towards you and I and a world that desperately needs saving. Thank you for taking a moment and joining Pastor Leighton Sheely here on Study Verse by Verse. The Ministry of Church of the Highlands, you can learn more about us by simply visiting our website, highlands.us. And then come back and join us as we continue our look at New Year's and the focus will be on our time. Until then, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.